Hey there, just a quick note before we jump into today's episode. If chronic pain is something you struggle with, or if you know someone who struggles with it, I'd love for you to check out a course I just did with change coach Kirsty Ostovic, who is today's podcast guest, called Thriving with Chronic Pain, a no willpower approach to peace of mind. In this course, you'll get to follow four amazing women who were struggling with chronic pain as Kirsty and I coached them for eight hours over one month. You'll get to follow their journey, see their insights, and watch how each of them came away with not only a different experience of pain, but also of stress, anxiety, and their day-to-day experiences. Watching the journey of these four women is so insightful, especially if you're struggling with a pain or health condition, but honestly, even if you aren't. You can check out the Thriving with Chronic Pain course at dramiejohnson.com slash thriving with chronic pain. Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 176, Thriving with Chronic Pain with Kirsty Ostevic. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. My guest in today's episode is change coach Kirsty Ostevic. And I, uh, I talked with Kirsty in this episode about her experience with long-time chronic pain. She says that she had chronic pain from the age of 11. It started as migraines and headaches and moved around as chronic pain does, uh, traveled around her body, showed up in different ways, in different forms for many years after that, some of them really, really debilitating. So she's she was in a wheelchair for a while. She's had many limitations over the years due to pain. And really amazingly, she's seen so much, so much, all of these experiences taken together now, given how life looks to her, have really, really taken on uh, a whole new meaning for her. I mean, they she sees pain in a way that is so beautiful and clear. She talks about our brain just sending pain as a signal to get our attention and to help us, but that being in that space where we can hear that signal, where we can sense it, we can feel, okay, there's something that wants my attention here, but maybe maybe I'm okay. It doesn't necessarily mean there's a problem, I have to stop, something's wrong. And and it, it's clear that it's through years of navigating this and years of having insights around it, especially in the last couple of years, that Kirsty's really come to this place where she just has an amazing view of this, an amazing experience of it. She still to this day has some limitations and some technically has some diagnoses and all of that. But that's not the point. Her experience of pain when it's there, her experience of stress and worry and anxiety are so different. And I just I just find her so incredibly hopeful. And she's one of those people as a coach who is just so quiet and grounded. And it's like when she says something, it kind of takes your breath away sometimes. Um, very opposite from how I view myself. So I appreciate that and I love it. And um, yeah, I just, I can't say enough about the the quality of her coaching and the depth in what she shares in her story and her experience and what she's seen from it. So in this conversation, we'll talk about Kirsty's journey through chronic pain 
Um, and we'll also talk a little bit about a workshop that we did together. I asked her to do this with me. I, I frequently have people come through the little school of big change dealing with chronic pain and wanting this understanding to help them. And I know that it does. And yet I personally don't have the experiences with, with pain that Kirsty has. So I asked her to join me for this workshop and we just love how it went. You know, we had four women. We met with them for a couple hours uh, each week for four weeks and just really got to dig into this and explore and get super curious about this thing that obviously looks and feels like a giant problem. We got to help them sort of see it from different angles and in different ways and some really great stuff opened up. So if you're interested in that course, particularly if you struggle with chronic pain, but but even if you don't, and if you know someone who struggles with it, it would be an excellent thing to just send them the link. I just know people would see so much in this, so much, again, that isn't really about pain. Pain is just the invitation to look. Uh, it's really so much bigger and deeper than that. So whether you check out the workshop or not, I hope you do, but I hope you also just get a lot from this conversation with Kirsty because she's amazing. And I'll share her website link here as well if you um, if you want to reach out with her because she does work with people um, around these issues and I highly recommend it. So enjoy this conversation with Kirsty Ostevic. Hi, Kirsty. Thank you so much for coming on Changeable. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation, um, both about your experience with chronic pain and with um, the, what we saw in this amazing workshop that we did with these four women with chronic pain. Um, I think, yeah, I think there's just some really big themes that, of course, are the same themes that come up, I think, whenever anyone's suffering with anything. But I'm, I'm really excited to kind of dive into this as it relates to pain, like through that lens. Yeah. So maybe, um, yeah, maybe tell us a little bit about your experience. I know that's a big open question to start, but when did you first start uh, struggling with pain and, and how did that sort of look for you over time? Uh, well, I started like really struggling when I was 12, 13 with migraines. And then that continued uh, and I had back pain and neck pain. And uh, when I was around 16, uh, I started, I was given some quite heavy pain medication for the migraines. And nobody really looked at anything but the symptom. It's really innocent, but, but nobody asked, how are, how are you doing? What's going on in your, in your life? Uh, and I was living on my own at the time to go to school. Uh, and I didn't consider that myself. The symptom was really what I was trying to get rid of because that was the problem. Even though I could see that tension had something to do with it, I didn't really know, I think, where that tension came from. It, was, it felt very physical. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting? I mean, just that, like that's so huge. It, it just points to something so big. Like, yeah, we just stare at these symptoms and we say, I don't like this, so it must be a problem. So I must focus on taking care of it and making it go away without really taking that that look behind it. Like, what's what's behind this? Why is it even happening to begin with? Yeah, I think it's, uh, 
it's so obvious, but it's so it's also so obvious to do exactly what you said to just when in the moment, you know, to just focus on the symptom because it's in our way. Yeah, and especially uh, thirty years ago, I don't think anyone asked these bigger questions. I didn't even know what anxiety was. Yeah. I didn't know what depression was until I was diagnosed in when I was twenty five years old. Uh, and I think the getting rid of symptoms is what we would still a lot of people focus on, like really innocently, because we don't want to suffer. We don't want to be in pain. But it's so easy to, to go at what we can see, what's visible, instead of being curious and being perhaps not so afraid and, and look somewhere else. What can this be about? So you mentioned that your pain evolved and changed and moved over time. So you had the migraines and, and then it um and then and then it started showing up in other ways and other parts of your body. So at what point did you did you start to do what you're saying? Like did you start to say, hey, maybe there's something about my life or my emotions or like maybe there's something to this um versus just trying to kind of treat the symptom? Well, uh, when I really saw it, I was well into my 40s, and I'm 47 now. So uh, it was during uh, when I was pregnant with my second child. He's 10 now. I started experiencing uh, pelvic pain, which increased. And my immediate response was to tense up and try to, I guess, hold my, hold my body together. And, and hold my my baby because it didn't feel as if my body was was doing that. It felt like something was loose or not tight enough. But this tension, the way I can see it now, this tension contributed to the pain. Now I have no idea how that pain would have looked because obviously there were there was some structural stuff. Things happened during the birth of my of my child, but anyway, this this tension that so many of us hold uh, creates pain and creates innocently resistance to to the pain. So, and in so, your case, oh, sorry, no, that's fine. So you you felt that um, you, you became aware of it because you were literally tensing your body and you, you were doing that on purpose in a sense, because it felt like you had to in some way kind of do that to keep your baby safe. And then, and then did it kind of occur to you like, oh, what, like tension is so big, you know, like the way you were doing it purposely in that case is, is, is one way of, you know, creating tension um, but yeah, did you start to then see, oh, wow, maybe tension is behind pain in general? Uh, I don't know how much I was doing this on, on purpose, but um, kind of both, I guess, because I think it's so uh, like an, an instinct almost to try to get rid of pain by tensing up. Yeah. Instead of relaxing and being curious, I was too afraid. I was yeah. too afraid I didn't trust my my body, which is what is at the core of of this to me. Uh, 
when things started, started to change was when I gradually began to trust my, my body again and to see that perhaps I can do this, perhaps I can do more than I think. And that didn't happen during the pregnancy. It didn't happen in the, the following years. That took many years. It, it is only in the last three years, maybe, that I really realized that I had not been trusting my body. I have not been trusting life. I have been thinking that it's all up to me. And we, so many of us do that so innocently. We think we have to, to carry our babies, that we have to carry ourselves through life. But the life force energy is so much more powerful than with many of us. No. So, of course, it makes sense that, that if we relax, things are going to be so much easier, right? The pain is going to be less. It, things are just going to work better physically. But I love what you're right. saying about, you know, what allows us to relax is to see that everything's okay. If it, if it looks like we have all these problems, it's going to be really hard to relax. So how do you do that? I mean, that seems so hard. How when you when everyone is telling you and you're experiencing it yourself, wow, there's a lot of physical pain going on. There's a lot of medical issues going on. And you can see why we would be tense, right? If that looks like such a problem. And again, the whole world feels like it's kind of confirming that that's a problem. So yeah, like what what started that looking different for you, if you remember? Like how did it ever ever even occur to you? Like, oh, wow, maybe my body's actually here to help me or maybe there really isn't a problem the way it looks to me. Um, I started learning something about pain science and what pain, what pain really is. Uh, and through that, I learned that pain is always there to protect us. But sometimes the protection keeps, our brains keep protecting us with pain, even though the physical issue may not be there anymore. So how is it protective? When, it's, when we experience acute pain or something, when you have a cut on your hand or you, you stab your toe or something, that pain is so obviously pointing to something that we have to take care of. We have to be careful. We have to, to do something to not uh, damage ourselves further. But when the pain has become chronic, it's oftentimes about something else. It's about a brain habitually protecting us in the same way that it's been protected us for a long time, but maybe the issue, the underlying issue isn't a structural problem anymore. It could oh, be, but yeah. very often it's, it's different things. Yeah. So, so rather than feeling this chronic pain and thinking like, oh my gosh, it's back. It's such a problem. I mean, how, how did you start to relate to it for yourself when you would feel pain and you didn't see any, maybe anything to do physically? Like how, is there a way that you would kind of explore that or how, what would that look like? Yeah, when I was able to, to drop the fear and replace that with curiosity, uh, and by that I mean a gentle kind of curiosity, I wasn't staring at the pain. 
I was kind of a bit laid back, I guess. Hmm, what can this be? Can my pain be less solid than I think it is? And I started exploring gently by doing a little bit more and a little bit more, kind of challenging my body, but nothing, nothing big, nothing huge, yeah. just gently. And then gradually my body showed me, yeah, we can do this. We can do so much more than you think and you thought. Mm. Um, and by seeing really deeply that my brain is always protecting me, but sometimes when the pain shows up it's not about that so when i was starting to to when my pelvic pain issues were starting to improve and i was able to go for shorter walks then suddenly i could experience pain somewhere entirely different in places where i'd never had pain before but instead of being afraid i got curious and I asked myself, hmm, perhaps this is just the brain protecting me because it's so used to protecting me with pain. It's been doing that since I was a, was a child. Uh, and then be curious and just try. So once, one time I was walking, uh, I had been walking a couple of miles, I guess, and suddenly my, I started getting this, this acute pain underneath my foot and it was really really painful i could hardly step on my foot but i decided to try because i knew i had not stepped on a nail or there's no rock in my shoe <laughs> there's nothing obviously wrong yeah and i decided to just challenge my brain and my body like gently and i kept walking even though it was really painful and the pain subsided and it did happen again several times, but I knew to be curious and a bit suspicious instead of being so afraid. Uh, and my mind could could spin and say, oh, no, there's something wrong here. There's, what could this be? But I chose not to listen. And I think that's a key element to this because the mind will always try to add meaning to the pain we are experiencing. Yeah. And when it's acute, it's more obvious to us because sometimes you can see, oh, I have cut myself. It's, I have to put on a band-aid or I have to do something. But with chronic pain, it's, when it's not that, the mind will still add meaning to it and tell stories because that's basically what it is, a storyteller, a meaning maker. Yeah. And we don't have to believe those stories so much. I think this is so, um, this is so cool. Like, and I want to draw a parallel between what you're saying with pain and what I've talked about for years with anxiety and with habits. So it's no different than if someone has a binge eating habit, for example, or any kind of habit. You're, you're, you don't feel well at some point in some way. You do this behavior. Let's say it's binge eat or drink or it could be anything. And your brain kind of learns like, ooh, this, this helps in some way. Now, our brain is not, it's just a very smart machine, but it doesn't know the big picture. It doesn't necessarily see that what you're doing isn't helpful. It just remembers, okay, this was something that appeared to be helpful. So 
for a long time afterward, there could be anything that you just don't want to feel and your brain is going to try to come to the rescue and give you what's really uncomfortable, these horrible, you know, feeling really urgent cravings and stuff to go binge eat or to go drink or whatever it is. And what is the most natural, normal thing in the world is for us to feel that and first of all, think, wow, just like you said about pain, like this symptom is bad, it's wrong. It means I have a habit or an addiction. I need to make this symptom go away. Second of all, to kind of kind of see it as like, like this has something to do with what it's telling me to do. So for you with your foot, of course, you're of course you would think, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with my foot. <laughs> and you know, typically that might make you just stop walking, go home. Now, something in you and your story was like, oh, maybe my maybe I can feel this, maybe my brain can give me this experience, but maybe there's nothing wrong with my foot because I know that I didn't do anything to my foot. So like just that bit of space to feel it out and to see, oh, it's a brain message. It doesn't have to run me around. It's so huge. And it's the same thing I see with habits and then with anxiety that shows up in a physical way where we feel this stuff and we can see, oh, this is just my brain doing its habit. It's like pain was your brain's habit. You know, chronic pain is somebody's brain's habit. It's our brain's habit. And, it, and there's, like you said, you know, it's, uh, it's protective in the big picture. But that doesn't mean it means something or that we need to stop or that there's a real problem in, in the immediate time. Does that, does that parallel make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And uh, obviously, when, when I had so much pelvic pain that I was in a wheelchair. I had a stair lift. I had a walker. I could barely move without support. And even with support, I was in a lot of pain. Yeah. Uh, and, and even though there are structural bits to do sometimes, sometimes not. But uh, within that, to know that even with pain, we can have like a really different experience of life. We can have a balanced, peaceful experience of life, whether we have pain or not, when we stop being so afraid of it, when we stop identifying with it, because that's what I was doing. And I think that was, that's what most of us do when we have chronic pain. It becomes like a part of us. And when we are able to be more curious and less afraid it's easier to have that or i think that happens naturally we have that that distance where pain can show up but it doesn't say anything about me it doesn't say anything about who i am it's not a weakness it's just the body doing it doing its thing sometimes there's pain sometimes there's other things yeah. uh, being happy and content with life has nothing to do with being 100% physically fit, whatever that is. Recovery is so much more than just the physical bits and pieces. Yeah, and and so it kind of reminds me of the workshop that we did with these four women who were struggling with chronic pain and how, you know, it it was never, was never ever about becoming totally pain-free. I mean, we can't do that for anyone and, and that may or may not happen for people. But I love what you're saying. I mean, and it's so true and I can see how it's so, so hard to see this sometimes that that we can have a really amazing, peaceful, happy life 
and have stuff show up. And, and I know for me, like whether it's pain, whether it's anxiety, whether it's intrusive thoughts, like whatever it is, it's kind of, I don't know, these are just my words right now, but like it feels like it is like seeing, wow, there is such a perfection here and ultimately I'm safe here. And anything that shows up is not me. Everything that shows up comes and goes, including pain, including cravings and urges and anxiety. It's almost just like, the, the ceiling gets blown off. Like we lived in this tiny little closet, you know, where it was like, if this pain sticks around, I'm miserable. We might not even have thought that consciously, but on some level, that's how it feels, right? Like if this is here, I must be miserable. And to start to see, no, things can arise and we can feel it and it doesn't have to make us miserable. is just so huge. Yeah. And that's also about having that distance to, to our always storytelling narrating mind yeah that it's that's just what a mind will do it will tell stories about the pain about you but then our design is so kind that we are notified of that when we feel bad it's a message it's nothing to be afraid of but it's a message that my thinking in the moment is not helping and also the physical messages, whether it's pain or whether it's some other symptom, there's always a message or an invitation to have a look somewhere else. Perhaps it's the symptom. Sometimes there are things to do. But when we have a revved up mind, when we are stressed, we don't have the best thinking. We don't have the best ideas because that doesn't come from a spinning mind. It really does not. People know this. But it's like you said, how do we relax? We do that, I think, or that's what looks true to me, when we understand that the stress we are feeling in our bodies is always a reflection of what is going on in our mind, in our mental activity with our thinking. Yeah. It's all biofeedback. I mean, it's all just this one system. And and importantly, we're not any of that. Like, I mean... We have this amazing body and brain and mind, you know, but, but, but we're so much more than that. And I think it's so easy to lose sight of that, especially in pain, I would imagine. It's really easy to lose sight of that. Yeah, because we are, we are all of it and we are none of it in a way. It's yeah. like we, yeah, but it's so easy with, with chronic pain and other chronic health issues that we identify with that. Uh, instead of seeing that we are so much more. Because we have, many of us have innocently not been, we have not known, I think, where to look. But when you know, you just know it to be to be true, I think, that there is something in all of us that is unbreakable. Yeah. And, yeah. And it, yeah. That, um, the tension piece, which again, I it comes comes from just being afraid. I mean, we just hold tension, comes from being really identified with our thoughts. You know, naturally there's tension that's being held. Um, I think it was so big to see this in the women who we worked with, Um, just the the level of tension. And again, I think we would see this in anybody on earth, most people you could talk to and just start to see how we carry around so much unnecessary tension just by virtue of of being really identified with what our mind says and kind of not realizing that's not us, you know, but 
But with these women we worked with, there was tension in different ways. I mean, they all had pain showing up in different ways. They all had very different lives from each other. And yet at the same time, there were a lot of commonalities, you know, a lot of, uh, and they, they picked this out and saw it in each other. A lot of kind of trying to control things, a lot of worry at times, you know, some, just that sense to me, it just, it shows up a lot of like, sort of wanting to control what's showing up and how things go, which is just rooted in fear. And again, it's so, so many people experience this, but interesting how that sort of manifests as chronic pain a lot of times, that underlying tension. And then of course, when the pain shows up, it's like, well, now here's another problem I need to try to control. So that often makes it worse, you know, but, but to be able to see them notice this in each other like, oh, wow, we, we all have this kind of tight grip on life. Like, what if we could let that go a little bit? was so cool to see without us even talking that much about pain a lot of times. You know, it was just those kinds of conversations that really seemed to open things up for them. Yeah, and, and that's the trust thing. Starting to trust life more. Starting to trust that we are no different than every animal on the planet who is guided to do what like birds who migrate south for the winter what's doing that and to, to know to deeply know that we have that as well and that when pain shows up it's a protection mechanism it's always real what we feel is always real and that's really important to me to yeah to to stand out there because so many people miss understand or or are misunderstood when they talk to health professionals or other people and tell about their pain and and somebody perhaps mentions their thinking and then it can be interpreted as oh is this something i'm doing to myself but no it's not it's also innocent and pain is always real the pain we experience whether it's chronic pain or acute pain whether there's an obvious reason or not, whether there's, a, there's a, some physical injury or not, the pain is always, always real. But it's experienced through our mental activity and thoughts. But that's different. Yeah. That doesn't mean we are doing it because we're not. Yeah. But that experience can change when we understand that it's about protection and that we don't have to listen to our mind's stories all the time because that's not where where the solution is, but that's what we think. That's what that's why we're doing it. That's what I was doing. I was chasing every new cure or medication or exercise plan or diet plan, or whatever. Yeah. Because we so des- desperately want to get rid of that pain. And we go at it from the top instead of seeing what's underneath. And that's what we saw in these women as well when they started to discover what is my pain protecting me from and to, to to see that to have that kindness around your brain and not hate it for doing what it's doing because it's always working for us and that is so huge to see and with me has taken time yeah. but it's but before when I was was thinking about recovery that meant something totally different than it means now. And to be on the recovery journey meant there's somewhere to go. Whereas now 
there's nowhere to go because we're all where we're supposed to be. We're right here, right now. And to know that we can, I can be on that journey of not knowing what's the hat with the sense of freedom instead of working towards some goal. And that doesn't mean we don't set goals. If that works, do it. But sometimes those goals and those, what we're stretching for, what we're looking for is making us more stressed and not giving us the life we want. Yeah. I think that top down versus insight, like bottom up sort of approach is just so huge to see that when, when we go into overdrive trying to fix what looks like a problem, it can't not add a lot of stress. It just can't not. How, how, you know what I mean? Like whatever the problem appears to be, when, when our mind decides this shouldn't be here, this is a problem. There's something in me that isn't working right. And we, and we go just make it a full-time job as we do when we're suffering to try to fix it. Not only are we not going to find what we're looking for that way, and that's going to be frustrating and exhausting, it just, it's full of tension because it's rooted in this misunderstanding that there's a problem. So I think what you're saying there is like really the, probably the root of all of this, you know, that if we can see, wow, what if there's absolutely no problem? And we, we talked about this with the women a lot. Like, what if none of this is a problem? You know, it, it's just all an invitation to look and to see how our brain works and to see, you know, what's there behind this. I don't know, it's really remarkable when that shift happens and we kind of relax into what's showing up, what we see, you know, like, like, I mean, I remember one woman saying like, wow, I, I think I'm afraid to go get a job. That had nothing to do with her pain and her mind until she relaxed for a minute <laughs> and then saw, oh, there is something here that I don't want to think about, you know, and, and for all of them, like just that relaxing it allows them to see things that are perfect for them. It allows us to see things that are right and perfect for us that no one else could possibly know. But like you said, we're, we're designed with it. We have the information we need. We just want to remember that life, that, you know, that we have this design. Yeah, and that, that information that we need, what we need, what I need in my life, what you need in your life is, is available to each, each of us. And it's, it's different from each of us. So whatever works, works. Do it. It's, yeah. not, it's not a recipe to do this or to do that. It's not like we sit down and just wait for life to happen. Life is happening all the time. And, and we are, I think, built to, to act. But when we act from a stressed mind and a stressed body, it just doesn't work that well. Because that's not what, how we're meant to act, I think. I think our default state is to be calm, to have a calm mind and a calm body. And uh, we just innocently get so caught up and identify with our, with our mind, with the storyteller. Yeah. So do you still have chronic pain today? I have pain, but not the same way. It's, I have limitations, I would say, instead. Um, but I can do so much more than I could. I have, when pain shows up, I get curious and I see, have I done too much? Uh, 
can I do more? Can I do a different thing? Can I, did I walk too far? Did I, I just get curious and not afraid. And I, I do, do stuff. If I'm tense, I stretch or I do something. Um, but it's not limiting the way it was. I'm happy to be able to work as a coach, to be a volunteer, to make dinner every day for my family, which is a big thing. I couldn't, I could hardly do anything when I was really, really suffering with pain. Yeah. And to have that, uh, such a different relationship with pain, and to see that our well-being is never coming from our circumstances. Not saying that people aren't experiencing difficult circumstances. They, they certainly are. But the experience of well-being isn't coming from our circumstances. It's always filtered through our mental activity and thoughts in the moment. And to, to see that and to see that there are nothing, nothing you have to do but of course we'll do something is so much that's that's freedom to me yeah i just think it's amazing that um and it may be probably maybe amazing for people to hear if they're sort of newer to this conversation too that just the difference it makes to have have it shift from um your goal being to be pain free all the time or, or in any case, again, to be anxiety-free, to be habit-free, whatever it is, of course, that tends to be the first place our mind goes is, I'll be happy when I'm free of this. But if we can just look at life and see how often we say that about all kinds of things, I'll be happy when I get more clients, I'll be happy when my kids are older or whatever, you know, like we just, like you said, our mind is always telling us what we need to be okay. And to start to to see that that's just what a mind does that has nothing to do with our actual okayness. It's like, it just opens so many doors. Like, no, you can be happy right now. It has nothing to do with being pain-free and truly seeing that that's possible makes it your experience. You know, like you don't, you, you get to appreciate all the things you can do when you experience a limitation. It's a limitation. It's not, it's not a story about what the rest of your life is going to look like. It doesn't have to mean so much, you know, like it, it's just, there's so much freedom in it that I think our words can't even describe because I, it's just hard to even fathom the extent to which our mind just tells us everything, <laughs> tells us how we should feel and how things are going to go and how much of that we take is true, you know, but really seeing, oh no, these stories and the meaning and the, and the interpretation of things are, is not the truth of things. It just makes like anything possible. Yeah. And to, to be able to be in more in the unknown about the future, because what is the future? It never seems to show up when you yeah. have a closer look, because yeah. all we have is here and now, but our mind will always tell these stories about when we're going to be okay and what's needed to be okay. And when we know not to listen so much to that, to not care so much about our mind's expectations, we can take life more the way it, it is here and now, the way it shows up here and now, and enjoy that, or be with whatever feeling shows up, whether it's pain or it's a different sensation, to be with it instead of, 
pushing it away. It's, uh, like you said, it's so dif difficult to describe because it's such a big difference from what my life, anyway, looked like a few years ago. Yeah. It's like I was trying to carry myself, but uh, life does a pretty good job for me when I let it. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I love that. And I love like seeing the, the four women we worked with open up to that, you know, like you could see it in all of them, just these, these little glimpses along the way of like, oh, maybe I don't have to do all this. Maybe it's not all up to me. Maybe there is no future, like the way my mind is telling me. And yeah, just the tension that falls away as we, as we see these things. Yeah, that was so beautiful to, to watch and to see how, like you mentioned, the, the tension that was there in the beginning and how things loosened up, Yeah, how things weren't so serious when we had had a few of these sessions. Yeah. Yeah. We went from, we went from kind of, um, oh, here's my situation and here's where my pain is and that, that discussion, like you said, that's so important of, well, I don't know, is it real, meaning coming from a physical issue or is it in all in my head, which has so much burden with it, you know, and so much self-blame and all of that. Like as a lot of that just started to get cleared up, you're right. I mean, everything was felt so serious. And then by our third and fourth time together, we were laughing and, <laughs> and there just felt to be like so much less on them to figure out which is just, it just takes so much weight off, you know, like we don't, we don't have to figure this out. And I just, it, like, we're always seeing things along the way and it's all working for us, even when we don't see that in a moment. Yeah, I just, uh, it's, it's huge what that does. Yeah, and when they started noticing how pain isn't as solid as it may look, yeah, that there are these, little or bigger fluctuations that suddenly pain was gone for a while and then was back. But then we, we can start having that different relationship with it and not treat it as a solid thing because the, the mind will always make, make it into something solid because then we, we can fix it and we can analyze it and we can try and do something about it. But when it's less solid, there's less, less to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all of life is less solid. <laughs> I mean, nothing, yeah. right? Emotion, thought, like pain, all of it. It's none of it is as solid as it appears. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's so great to listen to a conversation like this and then to see how that shows up in all of our lives all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And to see that the tension is always that kind feedback about something. And it could be that you are thinking thinking things about yourself that just isn't true that isn't helpful to you that you are thinking against yourself that you are being too hard on yourself and i i think life wants us to be kind to ourselves not just kind to others and it's so much easier to be kind to others but i think life is always trying to point us to show that kindness to yourself as well and that's that's difficult to see or to do, but when we're able to do that, we, things change so much. That's a great note to end on. Thank you so much for 
sharing your story and for for co-leading this workshop with me. I'm just it's just so nice to see people start to relax and things really start to turn around and um yeah, I'm excited for people to get to watch watch how the workshop unfolded because it was it was pretty incredible. So thank you. Thank you too. I really appreciate being uh being invited to be on the the chronic pain workshop. It was really rewarding and lovely to watch the changes that started to happen. Do you want to give a unique, meaningful gift this holiday season? Rather than yet another pair of socks, a candle or bottle of wine, why not give the people in your life a gift that will allow them to experience deep, lasting peace of mind the whole year through? To help you give meaningful gifts this year, I've created Gifts of Change, my 2021 holiday gift guide. It's a list of amazing gift ideas for everyone on your list, from digital courses to books to subscriptions to even gift cards so that your loved ones can choose their own perfect gift. When you purchase any of these gifts, we'll send you a personalized certificate that you can present to the recipient. You can see the Gifts of Change holiday gift guide at dramyjohnson.com slash 2021 gift guide. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.